welcome to the becomenew.me podcast with John Ortberg. Passage to Wisdom, Episode 27, What's Your Pleasure Quotient? Hi, this is John Ortberg. I want to start by asking you a very important spiritual question that at first blush might not sound spiritual at all, and it's this, what's your pleasure quotient? How much pleasure are you experiencing today? right now, how much joy, how much delight in what you do and what you see and what you taste. For every one of us, our sense of pleasure fluctuates significantly. This is a beautiful day. I had found a wonderful place to tape this. I had actually taped this and it went about as good as I can imagine it going and I felt so much joy in that moment. And then I realized I had forgotten to press this stupid record button which ought to be able to press itself. So you have lost what could have been an amazing experience. And then dogs started barking, so I had to find another place to record. And I found one, and I think we'll be okay, except there are gnats here, and gnats irritate me, and they rob me of pleasure. We go up and down like this all the time. When this series, Passage to Wisdom, and C.S. Lewis, in his wonderful book, Screwtape Letters, talks about the law of undulation. Old Uncle Screwtape, the tempter of human beings, writes to his nephew, Wormwood, that people think that they ought to just experience life as a straight line of progress, but we do not. We are creatures, we are physical, we are finite, and so we are subject to going into peaks and valleys all the time. Now, in our world, this actually poses a huge problem in our day. Folks that work in the field of emotional health talk about anhedonia, an inability to experience pleasure from the old Greek word for pleasure, hedonism, and and then the negative A or N. We go through life, and the more that we try to make pleasure our main goal, the less that we're able to experience it. But when we don't experience it, we're not able to give to other people around us that part of ourselves that can only come when we're living with a basic sense of satisfaction and well-being in life. They say there's actually two primary components to anhedonia. One is a problem of wanting. That's where I wake up in the morning and I don't really look forward to the day. I don't look forward to the next event because I don't think it's going to be very worthwhile. There's a loss of motivation, loss of energy, a problem of wanting, and then a problem of liking. When I'm actually going through it, it doesn't produce the kind of satisfaction or gratitude that I would want it to. I'm not able to like it very much. Now, this is the trough experience. It's inevitable. And it carries certain key spiritual dynamics and vulnerabilities to it. And that's what old Uncle Screwtape is going to write. My dear Wormwood, I hope my last letter has convinced you that the trough of dullness or dryness through which your patient is going through uh, will not of itself give you his soul, but needs to be properly exploited. In other words, just because you're going through a dry or spiritually dull time does not mean you're doing something wrong or that you're being led away from God, although it'll feel that way. What forms the exploitation should take, I will now consider. In the first place, I have always found that the trough periods, those times of dryness, dullness, lowness, of the human undulation provide excellent opportunities for all sensual temptations, particularly those of sex. This may surprise you because, of course, there is more physical energy and therefore more potential appetite at the peak periods. But you must remember that the powers of resistance are then also at their highest. The health and spirits which you want to use in producing lust 
can also, alas, be very easily used for work, or play, or thought, or innocuous merriment. In other words, if you're having a peak time right now, lots of energy, use them for productive, constructive things. Screwtape goes on. The attack has a much better chance of success when the man's whole inner world is drab and cold and empty. And it is that way for us, whether uh, you are a man or a woman, the temptation to misuse food or alcohol or sex or money or try to gain approval that would make me feel good. Those temptations we tend to experience more powerfully when our inner world feels cold and dry and drab, as at times they inevitably will. And then Screwtape goes on to write about this. This is so amazing. This is largely misunderstood in our world as a whole and even and particularly in the church when we think about God and pleasure. Screwtape writes, never forget that when we're dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal and satisfying form, we are in a sense on the enemy's ground. I know we have won many a soul through pleasure. All the same, it is God's invention, not ours. He made the pleasures. All our research so far has not enabled us to produce a one. All we can do is encourage humans to take the pleasures which our enemy has produced at times or in ways or in degrees which he has forbidden. In other words, illicit sexual pleasure or too much alcohol or food or acquiring fame, approval, reputation through social media narcissism or cruelty. Pleasures themselves are God's invention. Hell has never produced a single pleasure. Hence, we always try to work away from the natural condition of any pleasure to that in which it is least natural, least reflective of its maker, and least pleasurable. This is the philosophy of hell. And ever-increasing craving for an ever-diminishing pleasure is the formula. Now, that's addiction. When we make pleasure our idol, when we worship it, we end up slaves to it, addiction. When we make God the one that we worship, uh, pleasure is added to us as a byproduct. To get the man's soul, Screwtape writes, and to give him nothing in return, that is what really gladdens our Father's heart. And the troughs are the time for beginning the process. So we start by simply asking the question, am I in a trough right now? What's my pleasure quotient? And, and Screwtape writes about this, a, a really good way of explaining the trough to the patient's own thoughts about the trough. As always, the first step is to keep knowledge out of his mind. We never forget that knowledge is an understanding of the truth based on right reason and experience. So Satan, the evil one, is opposed to knowledge, not God, not faith. Do not let people suspect the law of undulation. Let them assume that the first ardors of their conversion should have been expected to last and ought to have lasted forever, and that his present dryness is an equally permanent condition. So, what's your pleasure quotient today? How much joy? How much delight? And I thought I would read for us a few words from one of the great Psalms when it comes to finding delight in God and his work, Psalm 103. The psalmist says, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. Now let's pause on that word, all. 
How much of creation is the work of God? All. How much goodness is there? See, this is where we have been misled by scientism and secularism that assumes that existence is neutral. It is not. It is good. I saw a little boy, maybe two or three years old, out with his uncle or dad or somebody who is riding on a skateboard, and there was so much joy, and you could just watch the synapses forming in that tiny little brain. Every person, you have 125 trillion synapses, and every one of them is good. Now, they can be misused, but every one of 125 synapses, every time one gets formed, God says, it's good, it's good, it's good. We can misuse it, but it's good. Multiply that by seven or eight or nine billion people. Every leaf that comes out from every tree, every atom, every molecule, every sunrise, the earth is filled with enormous goodness. In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. How many creatures are there? I was reading today online. A woman brought home uh, an abandoned little kitten, and she has Doberman pinchers. And uh, the the mom Doberman pinchers, she had six puppies. This woman brought this little... Uh, kitten, they called it Rambling Rose, to the Doberman Pincher, and lo and behold, she began to sniff it and then to clean it, to groom it like it was one of her puppies. And then the woman attached it to the nipple of the Doberman Pincher. She is nursing that cat. That cat gained uh, double its body's weight in a single week from the milk of a Doberman Pincher. And of course, how can you not delight in that? But the the, the truth is, Every time every creature gives birth, cares for another little creature, it is a a miraculous thing. We just get used to it. The psalmist goes on. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. What a fabulous statement to make about the creator of all things, the Leviathan, most likely a whale, this giant creature which God made. Why did God make the Leviathan? To frolic. What does it mean to frolic? Well, it means to be playful, to engage in activity that is uh, creative and fun for no strategic reason at all, to frolic. Do you frolic? That's why God made the Leviathan. And of course, we're made for more than that, but we're made for that too. It's very interesting. Sometimes you will hear people, if they say they're going to do anything for no particularly strategic reason, they will say, I'm going to do it for the hell of it. But that's exactly wrong. Hell has not produced a single pleasure. Do it for the heaven of it. Do it because when you find delight and goodness and pleasure, you can connect the dots and find the God who created it. The psalmist goes on, May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. This is praying for God to be joyful. Because, of course, anytime another person is joyful, it brings joy to us. We love it when mom or dad or the boss is joyful. How much more for God? May the Lord rejoice in his works. And then the psalmist says, I will sing to the Lord all my life. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. So today you rejoice. Today you savor, like right now, the goodness of this, the beauty of what lies behind me. Today you frolic. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. 
Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Or invite a friend by sharing the link becomenew.me.